The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on ESPN Tucson. Whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. And sorry about last week. The uh, The plan was to just take Tuesday off, and then I got sick and was out the rest of the week. So uh, my apologies for that, but uh, hopefully – sickness is over and we can keep moving forward here with a consistent amount of days. I will be out this Friday. Uh, just an FYI. It's just a situation where it's either do the show on no sleep or two hours of sleep. And I just can't unfortunately do that. So uh, we're going to try to fit everything into a four day week here this week. We'll have a full preview for you on Thursday of all the things going on over the weekend in the NFL playoffs. Uh, all right, let's do this thing because we do it every every Monday here at 8 o'clock. It's the Dean's List and the Dunce List. Um, it's something that uh, I enjoy putting together for you guys, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy some of the, the fun that we have with it. Now, the Dean's List and the Dunce List are my heroes and zeros from the weekend that was. There was a, a litany of candidates for both lists, but we begin with the Dean's List. <coughs> my uh, picks for the uh, heroes of the weekend. Pardon me. And we begin... Uh, with a, uh, a, a a person who is going to be playing football in Tucson uh, in a very short amount of time. Rayshon Luke, Speedy, as he's called, appropriately named. Now, the most recent Wildcat signee announced his commitment to Jetfish and Arizona Football Live from the All-American Bowl on Saturday on TV. Now, this was after he had already scored one touchdown in the All-American Bowl for the Western team, uh, uh, Rayshon Luke, from St. John Bosco in uh, SoCal, of course, a, a four-star recruit from uh, from that school there. So he catches a 22-yard pass, gets a touchdown there, looking pretty good, having some fun out there with his team, teams up at halftime. He makes the announcement. He says, bear down, it's personal, puts on the U of A cap, and Arizona moves up in the rankings. I believe they're number 22 now in the country in uh, in recruiting class for 2022. But then makes an encore performance in the second half as he torches and scorches the East team's defense on a 66-yard touchdown run and wins the MVP honors of the game. Now, let's take a look at this. There, there was those, you know, those fun like analytics you see, like the next-gen stats and all that kind of stuff, and they, they use a, a computer program to determine how fast a player is running, essentially, right? So they hooked they hooked up the next gen computer to Rayshon Luke's sixty six yard touchdown run in the All American Bowl. Now, I remind you, he's a seventeen year old uh, young man, a senior in high school, or just graduate, ready to graduate this year from high school. They clocked him at twenty one point nine miles per hour. Okay, twenty one point nine. That's pretty damn fast. How fast is it? Let me explain. If you look at the next gen stats from the two thousand and twenty NFL season. Okay, the the top three players or the top three uh, miles per hour in 2020 was Raheem Mostert of San Francisco 49ers. He's fastest guy in the NFL. He's he's 
ridiculous. Like he was running 23, over 23 miles per hour in certain instances in the NFL, which is, that's insane. If you go down to the fifth fastest clocking in the NFL at 21.9 miles per hour, a guy you might recognize by the name of Tyreek Hill, wide receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs, was clocked in week 14 running at 21.91 miles per hour. Was the fifth fastest uh, player, uh, fifth fastest speed a player reached in the NFL in the 2020 season. And in the All-American Bowl, 17-year-old young man, a commitment to the University of Arizona football program, also reached 21.9 miles per hour in a game on Saturday. Wow. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. I am incredibly I, – I, I'm telling you right now, I have not been this excited for the Arizona football program in a long time. A long time. They are going to be exciting. Now, granted, these are all freshmen, and it's all, it's all fun and good. You know, it's like, oh, these guys are – you know, this guy did this, and this guy did this. Look, they're going to play freshmen against big boys in college football, and we're going to sit there and we're going to be putting our, our head in our hands at times. We're like, damn, freshmen. But – Man, is it going to be exciting. It's going to be fun to watch. Look out. And, and obviously for the multiple years after that, as they continue to mature and get better, it's only going to get better for us. So Rayshon Luke, Speedy Luke, showing up at number one on the Dean's list. Number two on the Dean's list, the San Francisco 49ers. I know I'm grandstanding here a little bit. I'm being a homer. But my goodness. I, I mean, the game, the, the way that they came back yesterday in that game it was against so many odds, so many odds. They were using two backup tackles in that game. Their offensive tackles, Trent Williams, best offensive tackle in the league, he was out. They were using two backup tackles, one that they had moved from guard earlier this year to the tackle position because they were having problems on the right side. They had two backup tackles, a quarterback with a grade three sprain on his throwing thumb. They basically went up against the Rams and said, we're, we're, we're just, we're just going to continue to play our game here. At one point in that game, they had a 0.4% probability to win. 0.4. They were down 17 nothing. The opposing coach is celebrating in the end zone with his teammates, looking like a complete clown. And next thing you know, 49ers are going up and down the field on the Rams defense, that vaunted Rams defense and punching their ticket into the postseason. So, look, I know, I know I'm grandstanding a little bit, but that was one hell of a comeback. The 49ers went from looking like one team to a completely different team and a team that nobody wants to play right now, especially not Dallas. The way they match up, it's not, not looking good for the Cowboys. Now, I have a couple of honorable mentions on the, on the Dean's list today. We'll go through them real quickly. Number one, Rashad Penny. 23 carries, 190 yards against the Cardinals and a touchdown yesterday. He had, what did he have, four runs of longer than 20 yards in that game? That's ridiculous. Like, he just, he, he couldn't he couldn't be stopped. The Cardinals weren't going to stop him. He was getting, you know, it was, it was a situation where he wasn't getting touched until he was four yards deep uh, in, into his run. It was, uh, it, it, was, it was a nice performance for Rashad Penny. Um, I've always kind of, thought highly of Rashad Penny because he just has that incredible home run type ability. We saw it when he was in college. Now we're seeing it in the pros. 
and uh, from time to time he does bust out and have a huge game. And 190 yards rushing against the Cardinals, that's huge. Number two on my honorable mentions, now this one's fun, Tom Brady. Now, nothing for you know any of the stats that he did or anything like that. The reason I'm telling you that Tom Brady deserves to be on this list is because in their game, he was being he was going to be benched yesterday against the Panthers. I mean, he should have been there up three touchdowns or whatever. It doesn't even matter. It, it, at that point, you know, the game's over. However, he basically went up to uh, Blaine Gabbert, the, the backup uh, quarterback, as Gabbert was getting ready to go in the game and told him to go sit down. Bruce Arians is like, what the hell's going on? I just benched you. Don't tell me you're going to take your pads off and go running into the end zone with your shirt off and tell me to, you know, whatever off and all this other stuff. Tom Brady went back into the game because he needed to get one more completion to Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski's contract calls for a $500,000 bonus if he had 55 catches this year. He had 54. So Brady, who had been benched, realized that Gronk needed one more catch to get a half a million dollar bonus on his contract, told Blade Gabbert to sit his butt down. I'm going back out there on the second play from scrimmage. He and Gronk hooked up. Gronk got his 55th catch. Gronk gets to cash that $500,000 check, or not even cash it, because Gronk is crazy good with his money. And that's going to go right into the bank and probably make some investments out of it. He'll probably turn that 500000 into $6 million and he'll be rich for the rest of his life. So congratulations, props to you, Tom Brady, for uh, putting your teammates first, just like he did with Antonio Brown last year. People forget about this, that he he went out there and was targeting Antonio Brown late in a game that didn't matter so that Antonio Brown could hit an escalator in his contract to make more money. But apparently Antonio Brown forgot about that as he went scorched earth on Tom Brady earlier this week. Finally on the Dean's list, football, just the game of football. I'm putting on the Dean's list today for giving us the ultimate highs, the ultimate lows in life, for the ability to galvanize fans while dividing them at the same time, and for creating the best drama in reality TV, because there really is nothing like it, right? And it all happens while playing a game. This is not life or death, even though some of us feel like it is at times. Nobody's, you know losing life or limb over this type of stuff. It is the most exciting product in the world, period, end of story, regardless of whether you look at it as an entertainment value or a competitive value or whatever have you. Some people look at it as a a financial and monetary value. It is the greatest product in the world, period. Thank you, football, for making things so wonderful and keeping me up until 1 o'clock in the morning and waking me up at 3.40 this morning because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> Thinking about how wonderful football is. Now on to the dunce list. These are my zeros from the weekend that was. And I think you know where I'm starting off. Brandon Staley, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Not only was the late timeout a poor call, then he went and backed it up in the press conference by saying, I wanted to make sure that I had the right personnel on the field. If that was the case, they dropped the ball there, too, because they did not have the right personnel in the field. They went with a dime package, traded out a dime package, or a nickel package for a dime package, traded out a run-stopping linebacker for a safety who had no business being out there, didn't even touch anybody on the play, the big play in question, the, the Josh Jacobs 10-yard run. 
not only that, but for his decision to go for it on fourth down earlier in the game on their own 18-yard line. And, and the decision to go for it is one thing. And then to run a duo, a, a dive? I mean, that's they ran duo. It's the most basic play in football, <laughs> other than a quarterback sneak, which the New York Giants did in their game, which is just laughable. Uh, not even going to touch that, but you, you'll, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. This, is, this has been a recurring problem for Brandon Staley and the Chargers this year, and he, we knew he was going to go through some growing pains. But this is some of the – these are some of the drawbacks of having a math nerd as your head coach and not a football coach. Okay? I'm just going to call it like it is. That's, that's what Brandon Staley is. That's how he built his resume. That's how he earned this position as the Chargers head coach. He's an analytical genius, apparently. Well, those analytical uh, genius moments went out the window last night when you went up against a real football problem because – Solving math equations and figuring out probabilities and things like that and analytics are a lot different than those 22 guys sweating, bleeding, crying, whatever, on that field, scratching, clawing, fighting, biting for every, every minute inch they can possibly get on a football field. Those two, those two branches do not meet. So... Brandon Staley ends up number one on the dunce list today because of not only the poor decisions that he made in the game last night, but games and decisions that he's made throughout the season that could have gotten them further into a better playoff seating than sitting out, which is where they are now, because now they're golfing. Number two, the Indianapolis Colts. What the hell? I, 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 I don't even know what else to say other than that. I really don't because all they had to do was go out and beat one of the worst teams in the NFL yesterday, and they got smoked. They got crushed. They were embarrassed. I can't even imagine how Frank Reich feels today, their head coach. Just awful. And to, you know, to boot, they've got a ton of money wrapped up into this quarterback who continues to put them in bad situations and make bad situations worse. You know, there's – there's that there's that old adage for for quarterbacking, right? It's it's the last thing you want to do is make a bad situation worse. Like if if you get a bad protection scheme, if a guy breaks through, if you just don't read the defense properly, just eat the ball. Okay? Eat it, throw it away, whatever you need to do. Do not try to do something stupid with the ball. Which is what Carson Wentz continues to do over and over and over and over and makes mistakes, and gives the ball to their team. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Rich Eisen summed it up with his tweet yesterday. The Indianapolis Colts went went from a team that nobody wanted to see in the playoffs two weeks ago to a team that nobody is going to be seeing in the playoffs, period. That sums it up perfectly. Because that team has got way too much talent to be sitting outside the playoffs the way they are right now. Awful. Just an awful, awful, awful performance yesterday. That's, that's, that's as bad as it gets. My honorable mention, and I don't know if this happened like Wednesday or Thursday of last week. I don't remember, but it's been kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. 
And that's Hub Arkish, the, the, the sports writer, longtime sports writer and broadcaster. Uh, Hub Arkish, who decided to come out last week and basically say that he would not vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP because he's a bad guy. He said, quote, I just think that the way he's carried himself is inappropriate. I think he's a bad guy, and I don't think a bad guy can be the most valuable guy at the same time. <laughs> okay. So now, now we're, 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 we're trying to discuss you know, MVP on field awards on, based on whether or not they're a good guy or a bad guy. And what makes a bad guy? Because he, he doesn't want to get vaccinated? Oh, sure. He lied. I mean, he, he did. He lied about that whole thing. And that's not, you know, that's not an upstanding citizen type of thing to do. But I wouldn't consider Aaron Rodgers a bad guy because of that. I would consider Aaron Rodgers a bad guy if he liked to kick puppies. I would consider Aaron Rodgers a bad guy if he stole candy from babies. I would consider Aaron Rodgers a bad guy if he did mean things to people on purpose for his own enjoyment. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's a bad guy. And even if he was, as a member of the media, it is not your job to determine whether or not he's a bad guy. It's your job to determine in this particular situation whether or not he's worthy of winning the most valuable player in the league award in the NFL, which he obviously is. So Hub Arkish giving sports writers a bad name, making I would imagine other people probably think that, that you know sports writers and broadcasters and stuff like that are shunning people because they also you know take things personally and, and, and say they're bad guys or don't like them for whatever reason. Bad look by Hub Arkish there. Bad look. And Aaron Rodgers spoke out, of course. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be quiet about those kinds of things. So there's been a little bit of a back and forth on that as well. Finally, and this is, again, I started the show with this, and it's been stuck in my craw for a while, but Pac-12 scheduling. When, if, the Wildcats tip off Thursday night against Colorado, they will have only played two games in the last 22 days without a self-imposed pause. Okay, the the Wildcats have not had any problems with COVID health and safety protocols. They have been following the rules. They've been doing all the right things. They haven't had to go on pause. All of these postponements, if you will, cancellations, are because other programs have had problems. And it's, it's happening. Everybody's, just about everybody's got problems, right? It's, it's, it's a global pandemic, and the Omicron variant has been, has been we all know people, multiple people, who are positive or have been positive over the last couple of weeks. Just It's just kind of the world we're in right now. The Wildcats have been doing all the right things, saying, hey, reaching out to the Pac-12, we need a game. Can we get a game? Can we, you know, can we, can we get scheduled here? Pac-12's like, eh, UCLA's available, but they want to play Long Beach State instead, so we're going to let them play Long Beach State. Okay, um, well, USC just had to cancel their game against Stanford. Can, can we get USC? We, we, we need to make up a game against USC. No, no, we're going to have – we're going to go ahead and fast-track that, and we're going to let USC and Stanford play uh, in a few days instead. Come on. Like, I, I get it. The, you know, the, the argument from some people is that the, the conference doesn't want – the, you know, the marquee matchup, the Arizona versus USC, the Arizona versus UCLA matchups to be held on, you know, a, a Tuesday night on the Pac-12 network. They want it to be on a national network. But, hey, 
how about just playing a damn game? Can, can we get any game? Because right now, Arizona's not playing. I, I, I would, like, what are we doing here? You're, 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 it's, at this point, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Just because you want to save that game for a national audience, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a national audience if you hadn't had it scheduled already. There has to be a lot of different things going to play, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and bump you know, the Maryland-Wisconsin game for you guys. Great. Go ahead and slide us in. We knew about that two days before. You can't, I mean, yeah, you can schedule a game, but you don't want to – go to the bank that way. You don't want to say uh, build your schedule around the fact that you may get a cancellation two days before and CBS may pick you up. You can't do it like that. I, it, it just Can we just schedule the games and play games? Because in the grand scheme of things, we need to get these teams wins. We need to get them, we need to get them playing games so they can get qualified for postseason play. Because remember, they have to meet a minimum amount to get into the tournament and right now, Arizona sitting at 13 games and playing twice in three weeks is not getting it done. So this garbage about oh, I need to we need to save them for prime time. I'm not here. I'm not. I'm not trying to hear that. I want these two, these teams to play. If look, if you don't want to play Arizona, just come out and say it. I would at least respect you more for that than than the the constant ducking and dodging and scheduling other teams. Arizona's been trying to get a game for weeks and can't get one. It's ridiculous. So there we go. There's my Dean's list and my Dunce list for the weekend that was. Stay tuned. We'll come back. We'll talk some college football national championship game as that game is tonight. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. So much more to talk about. I, I, like points I didn't even get a chance to make because I had so much going on during the Dean's List and Dunce List. A little bit more on the Hub Arkish thing. Like, like let's let's stop with the personal opinions of athletes and not voting for them for stuff. Like, do we really want to go down the Ted Williams? Uh, debacle again. Ted Williams won the Triple Crown twice in Major League Baseball, never won an MVP award because the media didn't like him because he was cantankerous with the media. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know it was a popularity contest, but apparently it is. We we, we we can't we can't go down that road. Like you have to be you have to be professional. Stay professional, okay? You're getting paid to do this job. Be a damn professional about it. I, I just it, it bothers me when when media makes it personal, like because as soon as the media makes it personal, then it becomes personal to the athletes and the coaches. Ask any of them. I mean, we've seen firsthand what happens when a member of the media doesn't like a particular coach in town, a particular basketball coach in town, and decides to go into the press conferences and troll and ask ridiculous questions of this particular coach to which the coach fires back and then makes the media member dislike that person even more. Uh, It's just, it bothers me that the, you know, the media, uh, media, look, members of the media bother me. I'm one of them. I've been one of them for a long time. I don't like to pool myself in with them because I just don't like 
the practice of of most of them. Basically, the way they go about their business, the way that most media members go about their business, I completely disagree with. <laughs> I just I've I've never I've rarely gotten along with members of the media. Like it's it's yeah, it's I I guess I'm I feel I I look at life more like the players and the coaches do as opposed to the way the media does. Uh, just that's I guess it's just me. That's the way that I've been. Made a lot of great contacts of players and coaches over the years, I guess. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I just don't. I don't want to go down that road. You're a professional. Just be professional about it, please. In in all walks of life, like if you're a professional, whatever you are, just be professional about it. It's just that it's it's simple. So the college football national cha- national championship is tonight. The Georgia Alabama rematch from about a month and a half ago. I. I I, again, this is one of those situations where I'm like, does Vegas know something that I don't? Because they've had Georgia favored from the jump. And it's it, really, the the line hasn't hardly moved. It's moved a little bit, a half a point here, a half a point there maybe, back and forth a little bit. But And again, I, I, I know that some of you are saying Vegas doesn't pick games. I know. I know they're not picking games. They're they put out a spread. They put a line out there that gets the most action. It's going to allow them the highest yield. I get it. But still, to have, like, to me, the obvious pick is to, to pick Alabama, whether you're going to pick the money line, which pays out better, or you're going to pick Alabama to cover the three-and-a-half or two-and-a-half point spread or whatever you know whatever you get in on it as. It just To me, it just seems easy. Like, why do people continue to bet against Nick Saban? I don't get it. I, I, I did it. I did it once. I did it once, and I'm not doing it again. I, I've I've learned my lesson. What do they What do they say? the 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 definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah, I, I listen. I I learned from my mistakes. My my life mantra has been for a long time: don't make the same mistake twice. This something that parents instilled in me, coaches great bosses that I've had over the years. You made a mistake. It's forgivable. Don't make the same mistake twice. Learn from it. Okay. I bet big against Alabama. I lost. I do not want to do that again. <laughs> so I am going to ride Alabama. I just can't can't bring myself to do it. And I I honestly you know when I when I think about the yes the SEC championship game from you know from several weeks before you know what Georgia was up what was it 10 nothing in that game and then got outscored 41 to 14 the rest of the way like once once Alabama kind of got things rolling a little bit like it wasn't even close and Georgia's going to roll out a former Juco transfer quarterback in Stetson Bennett I know he's been he's been good for Georgia but let's call it like it is he's a Juco transfer if if he was really that good somebody would have found him he was that, you know, he had to leave and come back, and I, I just, I don't know. It all seems too too easy for me, which is making me nervous. But we're going to find out tonight, obviously, that game. Um, you can you can listen to that game right here on ESPN Tucson, by the way, if you're looking for it. If you're not going to be able to, to get home, the coverage is going to start right here on ESPN Tucson, whether on 1490 AM or 104.9 FM uh, at 5 p.m. So Spears and Ali today from 3 to 5. And then the coverage of the Alabama-Georgia game starting right there at 5 o'clock. And uh, we'll have the full game coverage here for you right here on ESPN Tucson. So you can tune in there. Uh, again, uh, 
listen, I'll, I'll offer a score, I guess. Give me Alabama 34, Georgia 24. That ought, to, that ought to suffice. 34-24. Let's put it down. Let's book that. 34-24. Let me write it down here. Bama. That gives them the win and the cover and a nice decisive victory so that nobody ever thinks about betting against them again. <laughs> so, hey, uh, listen, I'm already excited for next year's college football season. Like, if you're not excited for what the Wildcats are doing, you look at their, you look at their, their non-con schedule. Holy smokes. Like they open at San Diego State in San Diego's brand new building, then they come home to play the what is it the now nine time defending champion in the FCS North Dakota State who they literally said on the broadcast they said teams won't schedule us because they're afraid that they'll lose. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to lose to North Dakota State either. Hopefully we don't. We play Mississippi State. Yeah, it's a great non-con schedule. We've got a great conference schedule. We've got exciting new players coming in. I'm super. I'm Season's eight months away. I'm stoked as can be. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the college football nerd in me, I guess. But I'll enjoy tonight's game. I will. I know I said last week, I'm not going to watch the game. I'm going to watch the game. I'm not going to not watch the national championship game. It might be over at halftime, but I'll watch it. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll get to some local stuff here as uh, Wildcat basketball, the uh, the women's team celebrated over the weekend and then had a setback over the weekend. Also some men's news as well. Stay tuned right here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Talking local right now is the Wildcat women's basketball team over the weekend plays two games. Their first, and again, tell me if this sounds familiar, uh, these were their first and second games that they've played in the last 22 days. Sounds familiar. Now, granted, Arizona's women's basketball was a self-imposed pause. They were supposed to play... Texas uh, back in December on the 19th of December they had to uh, they had to cancel that game because of the uh, the COVID tracing the uh, the contact tracing based on their trip to NAU the bus ride they were all sharing and somebody got COVID and therefore the contact tracing affected the whole team coaches included and they had to cancel that game but again you know, unable to schedule USC, UCLA, Washington having problems with their program. Arizona played twice in 22 days, and it showed. Look, they struggled against Washington State uh, on Friday night, but they were able to get that win. They wrote a gridded out, um, you know, used their defense. Kate Reese was was spectacular in that game. She scored 20 and uh, was, was huge late in the game. And then they were able to honor Ari McDonald, who is the program's greatest player of all time, uh, after the game, in you know, enshrining her in the the McHale Ring of Honor there for women's basketball, so a great moment there for Ari McDonald, for Adia Barnes, for Arizona women's basketball to uh, finally uh, be able to you know enshrine her. You know, I shouldn't say finally; it happened right away. It had to. She's uh, you know, it, it's again, she's the best player in in program history. Period. 
and now the the WNBA star with uh, Atlanta. Um, Ari McDonald was in town, and it was it was great to see her and the fans interacting, and and uh, they just the fans just obviously love her, and and uh, she loves them too. So nice to see that. Now, then they had to turn around and travel to California to L.A. to take on USC yesterday, and end up losing that game, seventy six sixty seven. Their first their first loss of the season. Um, they're shorthanded. First of all, they were without Lauren Ware, their center. They're without Shayna Pellington, their point guard, so they had to have you know other girls step up and uh, and fill in those spots, which are very important spots. I mean, both look obviously uh, Lauren Ware; she is a force inside, an absolute presence, both defensively and offensively. And Shayna Pellington, you know, definitely you know installing a new point guard um, always going to be difficult. Now USC didn't play without their best scorer either, Jordan Sanders who was uh, leading the team in scoring. She was averaging like 12 points a game. Um, She didn't play for the Trojans either. So both teams were a little bit short, but the Wildcats, again, kind of out of practice, essentially, you know, playing only their second game in 22 days, lose that game at USC after having to turn around and travel a day after playing a really tough-fought game at home and an emotional game against Washington State. So, look, not the greatest situation for Arizona, but – you roll with the punches. That's kind of the you know the world that we're living in right now. And now Arizona is going to take on uh, Oregon State. They're going to travel up to Corvallis on Thursday, hopefully, to take on uh, the uh, the Beavers. That game is uh, scheduled for uh, eight o'clock on Thursday night. So hopefully the the Wildcat women's team can get things rolling again. We know how good they are. We know they're one of the top two, three teams in this conference, and certainly one of the ten best teams in the country. And they just again like the men's team. They need the opportunity to play, and it's not once every 14 days, not twice every 22 days. They need the opportunity to play and be given that opportunity on the court because you know you got to stay in game shape. It's just it's different. <laughs> it's different. Practicing is not the same as playing a game. So um, you know, congrats to to them on getting that uh, getting that win. Adia Barnes also getting her 100th win of her career in that game on uh, on Friday night against USC. Or against uh, Washington State, sorry, uh, but then unfortunately losing their perfect record uh, yesterday against USC. And again, they try to bounce back against Oregon State on Thursday. Uh, Arizona men's basketball is back in action at the McHale Center this Thursday, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, Colorado, who's playing really good basketball right now, um, they're going to be coming to town. Always interesting when Tad Boyle comes to McHale, we know that, that he and Sean Miller did not have a good relationship Obviously, Sean not there on the on the bench anymore. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of uh, rapport is uh, is between uh, you know between Tommy Lloyd and uh, Tad Boyle as uh, the Buffs are going to come to town. They get a they get a win over Washington. You know, a pretty convincing win yesterday over Washington. I was watching uh, parts of that game. You know, it it they look like Colorado. It look it looks like Tad Boyle's team. They just you know they're they're experienced. They they can shoot from you know from beyond the arc. They take care of the basketball. They don't make silly mistakes. Uh, it, it's it's a good solid team, you know. And Evan Batty, who eventually he's going to graduate and move on, he always has his best games against Arizona. I don't know what it is with that guy. I am so sick of watching him put up double doubles against Arizona and have the greatest game of his career against Arizona every time he plays. So. Uh, note to the to the coaches, 
and I'm sure that Jack Murphy is well aware of this because Jack has been there on the uh, on the bench for several of those Evan Batty games. This guy just turns it on for Arizona. So, you know, and and look, Evan, I, I like Evan Batty personally. Uh, I love his story. He's a jovial young man. I think he goes about the the game of basketball the right way. He loves to go out there and have fun. He plays hard, but he doesn't play dirty. Um, he's got a, an interesting skill set for the big man that he is, and he's huge. Um, I, you know, I li- personally I like Evan Batty. I'm sick of watching him score 22 and grab 11 rebounds against Arizona every single stinking time he plays. So <laughs> hopefully we can turn that around and uh, keep him in check. And um, you know, like he'll be he'll be a Julius Tabellis's problem, which is good because Ju has been playing great defense uh, sp- specifically lately. Like in the last five six games, his defense has gotten really really good. And I know that that there have been some fans who are like, oh, where's his scoring? You know, why isn't he looking so good on the offensive end? It's because he was challenged by the coaches to get better defensively. Um, you know, they need his presence defensively now that Kim Aiken is not with the team. Um, you know, Kim Aiken was brought in to be that defensive guy. He was the, the, the big sky defensive player of the year last year. Uh, he, you know, he was brought in to be that guy. Now Zhu has to be that guy. So he's been challenged by the coaching staff to – play harder defense to increase his defense and if you're not a player who let me let, let's put it this way remember Richard Jefferson his freshman season at Arizona let's 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 go back in time a little bit Richard Jefferson his freshman season I, I mean just a, a tremendous offensive talent but eh, you know Loot and and coach Rosborough were a little bit miffed at his lack of defense and then I mean when I mean lack of defense like the Olay defense like, he did not care. He was like, how quickly can I get the ball and score? How quickly can I get the ball and score? They benched him, and they said, you need to work on your defense. You'll get back on the court when you improve your defense. And, again, the defense is just want to. It's like rebounding. And what happened with Richard Jefferson? He became one of the best defensive players in the conference. It just takes time. Now, during that time of him learning and, and putting more effort into defense, you, you tend to overcorrect as a young player. So when you're challenged by your coaching staff to, like, let's say we need you to pick up your defense, okay, you tend to overcorrect a little bit, and your offense goes in the tank. And eventually you'll recorrect and you'll center, and you'll be able to play great defense and get back to playing offense the way that you're, that you're, you're expected to, that you're, the way you're accustomed to. And I think that Azulis Tabellas will hit that stride at some point here, hopefully sooner than later. Um, but, I, I listen, <clears throat> there's nothing about – Azulis Tapelas that tells me that his offense is going to tank. He is a remarkable player. He's got great footwork. He's got excellent touch. He's got good range. He knows how to move around the basket. He's got good hands. He, he It'll get back to him. He's just focusing on defense right now, and his defense has been really, really good. So I applaud him for that. The College Football Championship is here. It's just a few hours away. And to celebrate, FanDuel Sportsbook is going to be hooking up their new customers with 30-to-1 enhanced odds on either team to win tonight's game. That means that you can place a $5 bet and win 150 bucks on whichever team you want. If you want to bet against Nick Saban, I would caution you not to do that, but go right ahead and put that money on Georgia. Or you can put 5 bucks on Bama and cash in that 150 bucks. Either way, you got a chance to win that 30-to-1 odds. Now, just make your deposit with FanDuel Sportsbook. Make your first deposit with sports, FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you use my promo code, DEAN, when you sign up because that's how you're going to be able to claim those 30-to-1 enhanced odds. And there's no better place to bet college football 
the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. I've been doing some good stuff there, and I can't wait for the Major League Baseball season to roll back around. Hopefully soon <laughs> they get back into the uh, meeting room and start talking with one another because it is America's number one sports book, and they give you tons of opportunities to play around and really cater to your own style of sports betting. It's simple. It's easy to use. The app is really, really easy to navigate. Uh, they give you all kinds of cool promos on a daily basis. There's safe and secure transactions with best-in-class customer service. And when you win, and it feels so good, you get your cash out and your winnings in as few as two hours. And if you're already uh, a member of FanDuel Sportsbook, that's great. Hook up your friends. Give them your promo code. You get 50 bucks. And your friend gets 50 bucks in another refer-a-friend program. Don't miss your chance to win $150 off just a $5 bet tonight during the College Football Championship. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today or head over to sportsbook.fanduel.com and sign up using my promo code DEAN to get those 30-to-1 odds on either team to win. 21 and over and present in Arizona. New users only $10. First deposit is required. Must wager and designate an offer market. Mark's bonus is $150. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Black Monday in the NFL. Coaches being fired left and right. And the real head scratcher here is Brian Flores being fired by the Miami Dolphins. So let me get this straight. If you're the general manager, Chris Greer is the general manager of the Miami Dolphins. Three years ago, you trade up with the Philadelphia Eagles. You trade your first first round pick away to move up six spots to draft Tua Tungavailoa. Not not Justin Herbert, who's sitting there. You draft Tua Tungavailoa, who's coming off a major hip surgery. A quarterback that Brian Flores, your head coach, did not want. He did not want to have to change the offense around for a left-handed quarterback. I think it was pretty obvious uh, that 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 was not his decision. Um, they continue to have problems with the offensive line. They can't figure out the offensive line to save their lives. They keep bringing in guys left and right. They have had a mass exodus of, of some of those players. They have been unable to secure some of their top talented players over the last three, four years. They have all – you know, you basically turn down contracts or you have not offered them contracts and allowed them just to fly out on their own without so much of a, hey, wait a second, take a look at this first. And you get to keep your job ahead of a guy who has two winning seasons? He won 19 games as a member of the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. He just beat Bill Belichick twice this year, opened the season and the end of the season, and he's out of a job? I don't get it. I really don't get it. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it goes, right? you got a boss, and that boss and you don't get along. you got differencing opinions, and you're out. And he gets to keep his job. Now, the early rumor was is that the Dolphins had already secured a, a contract with Jim Harbaugh, Stephen Ross, who is the – you know the the owner of the Miami Dolphins was just quoted not too long ago, just a few moments ago, as basically saying, 
I am not going to I don't want to be the guy who hires Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. So that ain't happening. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. I'm sure Brian Flores is going to get a job real quick. Another interesting name to look at because as of midnight last night essentially or you know whatever this morning, Chip Kelly his buyout at UCLA went to $0 this morning. And there may be an NFL team looking to pluck him away to come in and coach their quarterbacks or coach their offense or something. So keep an eye on that. UCLA may be scrambling for a head coach here in the next day or two, depending on what happens with Chip Kelly in the NFL. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for keeping us on the air here, pushing all the right buttons and doing all the right things. We appreciate it. And, of course, thanks to you for tuning in. Today, today from uh, 3 to 5, Spears and Ali, followed by the College Football National Championship game. And I will see you guys again tomorrow here at 7 a.m. on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.